Hey guys, on today's episode of OK3 Podcast, you can expect all things Big 3 Thunderwise, all things we did this offseason, all the way down to the, some of the side pieces we acquired this summer. Let's go. Okay, see what's going on. This is one of your co-hosts, Wyatt Carter. First official episode of the OK3 podcast. We could not be more excited to get the word out to the people of all things Oklahoma. We love this great state and we want to make it better with all things sports-wise. Like I said, I'm your co-host, Wyatt Carter. With me today, Matt and Weston. Go ahead and introduce yourself, guys. Like Wyatt was saying, dude, just excited to be here. I'm Weston, a student here at UCO, and we're trying to get this going. I'm Matt, I'm a student at UCO, I love sports, I love OKC, and I love stats. Let's get this on the road. Yeah, so like these guys said, we're just looking to get a new niche in the sports radio world in Oklahoma City. We hear these regular radio stations, and we kind of want to give you a college kid's perspective, a young adult's perspective on all these sports that we talk about day to day and kind of bring it out there to you guys. So like I said, in today's episode, we're going to go ahead and kind of theme it with all things Thunder. So big offseason, kind of a letdown, I guess you could say, of a season we had last year. But now we're going to kind of go ahead and get into some of the new things that you can expect from the Oklahoma City Thunder heading into next year. So first first segment we're going to get into, big three. So big three obviously meaning Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and Steven Adams. So Steven Adams, we got him on a contract a few years ago on a four-year, 100 mil, full guarantee till 2021 so still three years left on that tell me what you guys think about the key piece that steven adams is to the thunder yeah good piece i think he's a good like kind of a building block so far i mean he's been he's been a steady he's been a steady thing in our in our franchise so far i mean anything you you look here and there uh he's there i mean you think about the last years where where we had i mean everything going on even even at the early stages when he was drafted he was still a key piece um, even coming off the bench. And so I, I like that move. I think it's just staying loyal to him and the way he stayed loyal to us. So, I mean, things to learn from. Um, I think I think I know Russell likes to play with Steven. They, they play really well together. And obviously PG feeds off that too. Because Steven's a good – he's a good team guy. He's not a selfish player. He's a good piece to have. I mean, just, just great guy. He's funny too, so I like that. One word when I think of Steven Adams is consistency. I see him on the court every time, and you can just expect – you know what you're going to get when you, he comes out on the court. He comes, he works hard. He goes and practice, works hard. He goes on the court, plays hard. So just having him for a couple more years, and I imagine he's going to resign with us. There's no clues that he wouldn't. I just think he's a great person for the future and a great person for the now. Yeah, the guy's just a bruiser, basically the only way to put it. The guy goes out there, works hard. Doesn't really say much. Uh, you can say he was voted um, one of the dirtier players in the NBA, but I mean, it's not like to the, to the point where you see him diving at people's yeah. knees or anything like that. That's so awesome. that's a guy that you want on your team. And then you have these stars of teams when they play the Thunder, say they're trying to run through a brick wall when he sets a screen on them. You want that presence on the court every single night to say, hey, this guy is just a freaking brick wall that's impossible to run through, you know? So Steven Adams, again, four-year, 100 mil, full guarantee till 2021. So we still have him on the team for a little while longer. Got to take advantage of that. Um, our superstar, our main superstar, you could say Russell Westbrook, 
Five years, two hundred and five million, fully guaranteed till twenty twenty three. So still gives us five years left with Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, we've proved that Russell's where we want to go with our future. And you know, there were some people that were upset about that here and there. Whatever, when KD left, they would have rather build around KD or Harden. But you know, Russell's that guy that he's loyal back to OKC, and you know that means a lot to a small market team like we are. But you know. If Russell's proved two seasons in a row. He's, that's two seasons in a row he's averaged triple-double. The dude's argu- arguably one of the best in the league. I'd, I'd say I'd put him at least top three. Um, obviously, that's up for debate, but uh, and there's a little bias here. But, you know, I, I like where we're going with the future. I think people were wrong about him being able to play with others. Uh, I'd, I, think he, I think he can. I think he just he's just that dominant and just plays that hard that people are intimidated by that. And it's somewhat of a different style of play that we're not used to seeing nowadays. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I think I think he's shown loyalty to us. So there's no reason not to show loyalty to him. I think one thing that we see is Golden State, since they're obviously the top play team in the league right now, is that they do pass the ball and share a whole lot, which Oklahoma has never really been that. We've been iso ball, which that doesn't mean that Russell's a terrible player to play with. He's a hard worker. He plays really hard, and people like that. It's just what player comes in and receives that as negative or positive. I mean, you look at the uh, Enos Cantor interview a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he was saying that Russell's the best teammate he's ever had. Yeah, he's a Colin, great player. On, yeah, on Colin Cowherd, he was talking about that. I saw that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just that persistent, in-your-face basketball. I think that's hard for people to fully understand that aren't – used to that because in the NBA you see a lot of iso ball a single player doing this so I think that's why so many people see this whole um, difficulty of playing with Russell Westbrook is because the guy is in your face pushing it down the court every single time and yes all us Oklahoma City fans have either been to the game or watched the game where the guy dribbles down on a fast break and pulls a three and just bongs it off the rim not even close and that can be frustrating but I think the testament to Russell Westbrook's play and who he is as a teammate is this next guy that we just signed, Paul George. Mm-hmm. He's the first real superstar outside of the team of the Oklahoma City Thunder that decided he wants to come back and try it again with this guy. I think seeing a guy like Paul George, who we signed for a four-year, $137 million full guarantee, Till 2022, which is four more years, that means him and Russ are together for at least four more years if Paul George doesn't opt out. That is huge. I think that is huge for the small market of Oklahoma City Thunder, and it's huge to for the outside community to see Russell what, what Russell Westbrook is fully capable of with another superstar like Paul George. Yeah, it's an intimidating front. I mean, obviously Russell's an intimidating guy enough. He single-handedly, before we went out and got PG and Carmelo, single-handedly carried the Thunder to the playoffs. And put up a monster of an MVP season um, and prove that he's he's that guy and that he's not scared to go out and do that. But ha- adding a PG to that, a guy that's close to a 30, 30 points a, a game guy, that's, 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 two, that's two guys you know what you're going to get out of them. PG can shoot, he can attack, and he plays defense too. That's a big thing to have both of those guys. And I think that, that helps Russell. I think that helps Russell with how he plays. Russell obviously felt like he had to carry a load two years ago. And last year, he may have still had a little bit of a hangover from that and still still using those. But, you know, 
I think he can start to settle in a little more with PG. Obviously, he had a full season, and you think, okay, he should have figured that out that season. And, and they did. They learned how to play along each other. But if you look at their um, plus-minus with Carmelo off the court, it was nearly double what it was when it was just PG and, and Russell than when Carmelo was on that court. So they play well together. It's already proven. They play well together. I, I love the signing. I love the loyalty PG showing to us. And he knows what he's going to get out of OKC. He's getting everything we got. I mean, we're all in. Yeah. One thing I was really surprised and I really, really enjoyed is that we actually backed down a major organization in the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to see that these days that you know players want to go to a small market team and aren't being traded, but they're actually saying, hey, I want to be invested into as a player and a person. I don't need to be in L.A. I don't need to be in the big flashing lights and get paid all this Mm -hmm. money, Mm -hmm. which he could. He did take more money here, but I think it's more than just a money thing. I feel like they're really trying to build something here. Oh, yeah, and you see Paul George comes out and says, he literally says, I don't need the huge city. OKC, I have mad love for OKC and what OKC is about. So, again, that speaks to us as a fan base. Especially us, all three diehard Thunder fans, I guess you could say. It's seeing your, I guess, loyalty to a team almost pay off when a guy like Paul George decides to stay. And he gives it up to the fan base. He says they come out every day, support us. And then Paul George also saying before this whole mellow thing planned out this summer is, there was never any beef in our locker room. He says that. I mean, it's an NBA locker room with all these different players, some prima donnas, some guys just want to stick to their own. But just him being able to say that he was in a locker room where he did not feel like there was much tension is huge. And I think he wants to come back and be able to replicate that. If you can have positivity in a locker room, just for me and all of us playing high school and some college sports, the locker room is almost as key as getting to the game. And if you can have a solid friend and a superstar beside you that you're good friends with, that's a recipe for success, you know. And, like, obviously you don't understand that – None of us will understand the, the sheer like pedestal that they're on, the sheer pressure of, obviously, there's a ton of money involved. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure from the office like to perform. But when you can get down to the, to the bare bones of it, and I know, especially from us from experience, when you can just get down to the game and just make it about the game and take all the other outside nonsense out of the way, it makes it so much easier to play. Like when you're, when, when you're just going out there and, and like you have nothing to worry about except for go out there, play your game, have fun, and, and do what you got to do, uh, for some reason, that just seems like people play better under that atmosphere. You know, like, obviously, there's a lot of pressure on the OK3 coming into this. You got you got Russell coming off an MVP season. You got Melo, whose Hall of Fame career is on the line. Um, and then uh, you got PG coming in. Obviously, he's taking a big risk. Um, he didn't. He got traded, but he got taking a big risk being on a new team. That's a lot of pressure. I think when you can figure out how to take that out of, out of the play, it's a different game. It's a different game. And I think it also takes a testament to Oklahoma City comparing again to L.A. that when you've seen Oklahoma City be bad and not make playoffs, you'll still see fans no matter what at games. It's almost always packed. It's not to the brim, but it's you see a lot of people there. Now, if you go back a couple years and go watch the Lakers when they haven't made the playoffs in, <laughs> what, six years? Yeah. You look in the stands, nobody, nobody's there except, you know, the celebrities. There's a few celebrities. Yeah. The only games you see that they're huge on is if a megastar is coming in. Exactly. And now when LeBron James signed, they trashed the mural, his mural twice. So yeah. I feel like the pressure – we. Players can take pressure here a lot easier 
than going to L.A. and just hiding. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think Paul George did a really good job deciding to stay in Oklahoma City. Thunder, this could be a biased opinion or not, because he doesn't have to leave a new team. All the teams he was looking at were mostly in the West. He didn't have to leave, join a new team in the West, build this new empire in the West, and try and upset the Golden State, the Houston Rockets, those kind of teams. If he leaves and goes to the Laker, he's basically starting from the ground up side-by-side side with another superstar, all these young players, all these fans in the stands that are expecting wins. Mm-hmm. In Oklahoma City Thunder, like you said, it is a ride-or-die kind of fan base. We're either in this together when we win or we're in this together when we lose, so that's yeah. very important. And to speak towards, into our next segment, speaking towards the locker room presence, our next segment we call side pieces. So everything that we kind of developed around our big three, around our superstars. So our side pieces, first we want to talk about Mello. So before we break this down, we kind of want to talk about, I guess I want to hear what you guys have to say about Mello in the last season prior to this offseason. Yeah. I I mean, I'm kind of indifferent towards him. I, I love him and I hate him at the same time. Uh, he, he brought that mellow S at times. You just saw flashes of his old self. But it just seems like he was – he just, it almost was that sense of, it didn't look like he wanted to be there. And I understand it's tough being, not being the guy on the team for your first time in your career. But, man, you got to understand where you're at in your career. Um, I'm not, I'm not upset about us getting rid of him. Um, I think, I think we needed to. And I think he, he was obviously okay with it. He signed off on it and took, and uh, took a little bit of a pay cut. But, you know. It helped us out in the long run. I mean, we saved a ton of money in our in our luxury tax, mm-hmm. um, which is going to prove big later on. Um, but right now, I think that's the right move is to, is to is to separate those ties with him. Love the guy, love the player, love the career. Just wasn't a good fit. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a good fit. Yeah. I mean, I grew up watching Melo and LeBron and Wade as a kid, and I remember Melo always being dominant. And stats-wise, he averaged 16 points, which is good. Mm-hmm. But you see how many shots he's been taking – and then you also see kind of in the off season. I mean, it wasn't to the point where he's going out and bashing the Thunder, but do you guys remember the Instagram post after he decided to opt in? Yeah. And it was like, y'all thought I was going to leave or something like that. And I'm like, come on, man. We know you just did it for the money. But, I mean, I don't think there was any locker room beef. I don't think anybody was mad. We are just kind of upset. But it was one of those things you have to know that he's a veteran. He's going to get his money. He's towards the down part of his career. I hope the best for him. It just wasn't a good fit. Yeah, and speaking towards that um, veteran presence, it's. It, I feel like it's hard to have a veteran presence come in that is a superstar everywhere he goes and having him immediately get off on the wrong foot when the Thunder are saying, hey, we want you to come off the bench and be our dude off the bench. We want you to come off the bench and be the guy. And he basically kind of says, no, I don't, I don't really see that being my role. He's like, when I get older and I feel like that's my role, that's what I'll go to. So that was kind of a frustration for the Thunder to have to work around him not necessarily fitting the role or trying to fit the pieces that the Thunder were trying to work him in. But like you said, it's cool to see a superstar come to Oklahoma City. So at first, I mean, I was like, heck yeah, let's bring in Melo. Let's see what we can do. And honestly, with his age and where he's at in his career, it's kind of what everyone expected. I think he just got it. Of our superstars, I think he caught the most flack. Mm -hmm. I think he had the most pressure, I guess you could say, because he comes in, we're like, we need a guy that can shoot the three, work a little bit in ISO, and score off the bench. We saw, Like you said, we saw it in flashes, we saw it here, we saw it there. So I think he was put into a tough situation. Um, 
I'm, I'm glad he's gone, but I still wish him the best of luck. You know, yeah, yeah. I, he gave us what we expected. So just to kind of break down that deal, Mellows goes to the Hawks for $27.9 million, which is what's remaining on his contract. And the Hawks also pick up a 2022 lottery pick from the Thunder. Um, this is a three-team deal. So the Thunder game, Dennis Schroeder, 19.4 points, 6.2 assists, 3.1 rebounds. So what do you guys think about Dennis Schroeder? Great addition. Um, uh, on the career, he's averaging about 13, which is still, I mean, still a great, I mean, that's your six-man. That's your six-man numbers you're looking for. Um, he's definitely that backup that the Thunder need. He's that one piece that Thunder need a little bit of energy off the bench. They got some and, and a few pieces with Ferguson and Felton, but I just think he's that young guy that you want to see a little, a little extra out of. You want to, you want to see him being that guy in the second, in the second squad, by, while you know being able to keep us in the game while while Russell's off the floor. Give, give him some rest. But I also want to see him moving in with Russell. I think maybe they could, him, PG, and and uh, and maybe even Steven, Steven can get get some stuff going. I, I don't know. I think, I think maybe he can be that that young energy guy. I mean, he's. He's a scrapper, man. I, I yeah. like this. I like to see that. And the Thunder fully come out and said he will be the sixth man, so there is room to see him with some starting pieces mm-hmm. in the game. So that will be interesting to see. I yeah. think. I think it'd be our first guy that'll come off the bench like that since James Harden, honestly, because we haven't had the we've had you know good pieces on the bench come in, but we've never had you know, a star, an upcoming star. I see him being an upcoming star. Unfortunately, he was with the Hawks, and the Hawks haven't been good last year especially. <laughs> yeah. But to even the when least. the Hawks were good a couple years ago and they made it that one seed in the one seed in the East, he was he was on that team. And I yeah. feel like I feel like he kind of has that experience in the playoffs. So hopefully we can just kind of see him flourish as a player and maybe just see him kind of go into the long term. Hopefully we can get him for the long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think it would be he, – he is a very solid addition. It's just how it pans out. It has the potential. Let's see if he can make it happen now. Also in that deal, the Thunder game, Timothy Luwawu Kabarat. Mm-hmm. Obviously, none of us have ever heard of this guy, <laughs> and his stats kind of speak to that. So really not much to say about him. He's a 5.8 career points, 1.0 assists, roughly 2.0 rebounds. He's an end of the bench guy. I mean, yeah. there's not really any other way to put it. He's in that 13, 14, 15 spot for the Thunder. Might see some minutes here and there, foul trouble wise. Might see some minutes deep into the season. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's a lot performance based, but we're more than likely going to see him at, at like what you said, bottom of the bottom of the rotation, probably like a, a Kyle Singler kind of minutes, but hopefully take over a little <laughs> bit for him. Um, but you know, we'll see. I mean, it, it's it's another piece to add, and you know. I can't be totally upset about that. The only thing out of this deal that I am not very necessarily happy about is that I mean I'm I'm okay with it. Obviously, I don't have a choice. Um, Melo has the option. Um, he was waived by the Hawks, so he has the option to sign wherever he wants, and he's expected to sign with the Rockets probably. Yeah, that's that's more contention in ours. But you know, you saw you saw what Melo did to our team. Maybe they'll have those same kind of problems. I don't know, mm-hmm. but. It is what it is. He moves on, like you said, wishing him the best of luck. Maybe he'll have a little bit of success and be able to actually settle into maybe a six roll over there. Just but... not too much success to be. Yeah, exactly. Right? Not too. You much. don't want too much success. We don't, need that. we don't need the Rockets to be on our tails or over us again. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, so just the last two things, kind of from this deal: the Hawks gain Justin Anderson and a 2022 lottery pick, and Philly gains Mike Muscala from Atlanta. 
another thing to kind of speak off Weston of things that I'm not really a fan of the Thunder doing, and they've been doing a lot lately when it comes to trades and superstars and other deals, is those future lottery picks. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the Thunder are not going to have Russell Westbrook. They're not going to have Paul George. Eventually, we are going to have to go out and get somebody, or we are going to have to build someone up in our system, in our farm system with the OKC Blue, or at the end of a bench like a Ferguson and try and develop that player. And if we keep giving away all these lottery picks, it's going to be very hard for us to get a mid-level draft guy that has the potential. You know, we drafted, the Sonics drafted Durant, we drafted Westbrook, we drafted Harden, and we made them into those players. Mm -hmm. If the Thunder hold on to these lottery picks or gain lottery picks from drafts or gain high picks from trades in some sort, we'll have a chance to do that. It's just right now we're not really speaking on these things because of the success we're having, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So it's important to kind of keep an eye on those lottery picks. How far forward are we going to go in the years to get rid of these lottery picks? Because these are starting – we're starting to give away picks that are going to be after the contracts of Westbrook, Adams, and George. So it's very interesting to see what we continue to do with those picks to me. Yeah, it's a pivotal point. Um, It's like right now – Obviously, as a fan for the right now, you're like, oh, I don't care. So yeah. You're like, you see it on yourself. Give it everything. We're winning now. Give all our picks. I don't care. Crap. We got PG back. I don't care. Um, but, you know, when you start to think about it a little bit, you're right. Like, ooh, that, 20, that 2022 one, that could have been like a top five pick. Or, it's, I mean, it's a guaranteed lottery. I mean, I don't know. Um, we could suck the season before that 2022 pick. And uh, that could have been a really good pick. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Right now, the way Presti's been working, shoot, I I, I believe in Presti. <laughs> Presti, we can. I, I, I don't freaking care. He could trade away all of our picks for, for all I care. He'll, he'll go out and grab five kids for something. I don't know. But I love it. I mean, I get it. You you, you want to stay competitive right now. So Presti's done that. He said, you know, we're, we're not we're not about rebuild. We're about staying competitive. And like I. I like that. I like that. I mean, obviously, when the when the franchise first came here, the first two or three years was kind of the the build up. But once we were in it, we've been in it. We haven't. I mean, we haven't missed the playoffs since our third year of being here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And that's because I mean, injury. I would say, and that's and that was we got the eight seed against the Lakers with who ended up winning it all, mm-hmm. with Kobe. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, you move on. <laughs> For the fan of the right now. You got to be, I guess, okay with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have a choice. Yeah. So let's go ahead and break down our a couple more signings we have. Um, then we'll get kind of close to wrapping this thing up. Uh, we signed Nerlens Noel to a two-year veteran minimum, which equals out to be $3.7 million over the two years. Nerlens Noel is a 9.3-point um, career, 7.2 rebound. Um, not much stats for the assist. So, Matt, do you want to speak on Nerlens Noel? Yes. Um I feel like this kid has been underplayed a little bit in Philadelphia, obviously, because you have so many centers and good players at Philadelphia. He didn't have a real chance, I guess. And then in the Mavericks, he's just injury prone. So I'm glad we got him for the veterans minimum. I'm glad we got him. It's one of those things where we can test the waters and see how he is mm-hmm. for real yeah. and see if we can, you know, see if he's going to be injury prone, if we need to, you know, not give him another chance. I feel like he's looking for a chance right now. Yeah. And so hopefully, you know, this fresh start with OKC Thunder will give him that. Yeah, it gives him kind of the opportunity to fit into a system that actually cares for the guy. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, again, Raymond Felton, one year, $2.4 million. 
Uh, Raymond's at 11.4 points per game, three, route, three rebounds, and five assists. Wes, do you want to speak on that? I like it. Uh, he's like that veteran presence. Comes off the bench. He was a bright spot for us on that, on that second team last year. And just, a, I mean, I, I like the dude. I think he's a good player. Um, not, I mean, obviously nothing outstanding. Um, but, you know, he's the guy we need. He's the leadership we need off the bench. To, I mean, he was that guy when, when Russell had to come out that could, you know, go hit a three or two, be, that, be a little bit of energy. I like it. I mean, he's good leadership for sure. Um, but uh, moving forward, good addition. I think maybe he can help Schroeder um, a little bit off the bench to kind of help him with that that veteran knowledge of his. Um, speaking on Raymond Felton, I really liked his play last year. He's a great player. Just adding Schroeder, I don't know exactly what we're going to do with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's going to be an interesting role for sure. So we'll see how that goes. He might just be more, you know, we just keep him for veterans, and then we might keep him for trade value. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like his play, though. I, yeah, I like just a good guy play. that looks like he comes in, does his job, puts his work in, comes in, plays basketball, gets out of there. Just kind of a simple yeah, guy, yeah. day-to-day guy. Um, I'll speak on Andre Robertson, a three-year, three-year $30 million deal. Career stats, 4.6 points, four rebounds, one assist. That's kind of something that's steadily climbing. Um, Andre coming off a knee injury, so that'll be really interesting to see. Heard the rehab's going really well, so hopefully that kind of plays out. It's, again, another one of those pieces that people outside of the Oklahoma City market do not talk about because they don't see the day-to-day games and how important of a piece this guy is, I don't yeah. think. I think this guy kind of brings the, the team together mm-hmm. on defense. I think his defense is very key. But what a lot of people outside of Oklahoma City don't see is Andre Robertson's ability to run the break. Mm-hmm. How many games do we see Andre Robertson throwing down four or five dunks a game because he is busting it down the floor and Russell's lobbing it down there to him? Yep. He's always breaking out down the floor. To go against that, though, we've all seen the guy shoot free throws. I mean, come on, man. you got to <laughs> practice the free throws a little more because it's almost to the point where we're just – Hack a hack a Roberson, and yeah. this guy is not a big player. He's not a four or five player. Yeah. So I mean, this guy's got to be able to knock down some free throws, you know. So yeah, I just think he is. I mean, you hear day in and day out, he, just the sheer work he puts on defense. I mean, you got you got guys like Russell Westbrook and Paul George talking about how this guy should be in talks for Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a big guy who's leading the league in blocks and all that such. A, a rim protector is going to win it, but he he's right there. I mean, I, I I personally, obviously, being a biased Thunder fan, think he's a he is one of the top five probably defensive players in the league. Now, is that maybe true? Uh, well, that's up for debate. Um, but I like him. I, I like that signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the stories I remember of Andre Robertson is a couple years ago when we played the Spurs in the game before the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors. He hit those huge threes at the end of the game. Yep. And I heard a report that when he was practicing those threes pre-game, that he was airballing them left and right. Oh, so we, need, makes we just need great. right. So we just need consistency from him shooting wise. Yeah. Defense, you, you can expect him to go out there and play great defense. Right, be a, just a bulldog on it, and you know, like you said, hustle. We just need that shooting, which I think that's been the Thunder's problem for years. Is mm-hmm. We need a few more shooters. Yeah, we've we've always had a problem as a Thunder organization either finding a guy that is strictly a three-pointer guy or a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. We can never find the guy that bridges the gap as the three and D guy. So you can think back in the past, Anthony Morrow, a great example, guy that can just 
absolutely make it rain from three. Goes down on defense, gets driven right by. So we need to find a way for Andre to bridge a gap or hopefully someone stepping up. So our last two, you kind of have that, mm, again, end of the bench kind of guys. You have Rodney Purvis, guy we picked up from the Magic, um, one year, 1.3, um, average six points, two rebounds, one assist. That's just a that's just a cut. We end up cutting, I think it was like $3 million in the luxury tax. So that's a nice addition because we're saving money. Yeah, we <laughs> traded. Who did we trade him for? We, we traded um Dakari Johnson. Dakari Johnson. That's right. That's who we traded for. He was a bottom of the bench guy. Played with the blue a little bit, and, but yeah. you know, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And then our last guy we picked up on a rookie signing. Probably going to butcher this name, Hamidu Diallo. So three year, four million. That's a rookie deal. That's that's pretty average for a rookie deal. This guy showed very good promise in the. Um, summer league this summer. So a, another kind of tall, lanky guy that showed that they can play some defense, get down the floor, and play some offense. So it's kind of hard to judge from the summer league stats because you're playing guys that are new to the league as well. So it's yeah. hard to judge a rookie's stats from a summer league until they actually come out and play some preseason games, kind of get some of that done. So um, Now let's go down to our last segment. Let's go ahead and jump into the final thoughts. So kind of just wrapping the show up. Each of our own thoughts about anything really regarding today's episode or anything left on our minds. So, yeah. Weston, if you want to go ahead. I think I think there's one word that needs to be put that the Thunder are doing. Competitive. They continue to stay competitive. No matter what it is, they, they skip the rebuild. You heard me talk about it earlier. They continue to remain competitive. So, that's something this, to be excited about. That no matter what the controversy comes, when you lose KD, when you don't know what's going on, we get PG. We get these pieces. We re-sign our guys. We stay loyal to them, but we're right there. So I think after this year, I'm looking at probably a five seed, six seed, but I'm excited for what the Thunder are doing. Definitely. Matt, you got any final thoughts? Uh, Mine is the interest in Sam Presti. We've got some of these guys on one-year contracts. We've got some of these rookies in the summer league. I'm wondering what's in his sleeve right now because – We've all, like Weston was saying, we've always seen like, well, what are we going to do? And then all of a sudden, Presti does something amazing, and we don't even expect it. So I guess all these contracts we're going to see that are one year or two year, we might be, you know, trading. And then we also look at those new draft picks that we did get, and I feel like they're underrated. I feel like they're going to be good. I don't know how good they're going to be, but I feel like they're going to be valuable later on. Definitely, yeah. So then my final thoughts, I'm going to kind of step away from the Thunder, just kind of give you guys some things that are going on Oklahoma-wise and kind of maybe to lead up into next week or a further show, um, is basically kind of OU athletics. So you have Trey Young that kind of played in the summer league. Kind of a disappointment at first, but then kind of as he got on in the summer league, kind of caught fire there and kind of gives the city of Atlanta something to look forward to. So I'm very curious to see how Trey Young fits into the system of an NBA program. It's going to be a lot different. In warm-ups, you see him taking practically half-court shots. Is Atlanta going to be okay with this kid dribbling down and taking practically half-court shots? So that'll be interesting to see. Also, um, regarding OU Athletics, Baker Mayfield. And the Browns starting summer camp, or starting their camps. Um, Hard Knocks, the documentary series, is going to be following the Browns. So it'll be really cool to see the battle between a veteran like Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield go at it. Yeah. And things are looking pretty good for Baker Mayfield. A lot of people are saying he's exceeding expectations, but are we really surprised? I mean, that's yeah. kind of Baker Mayfield's mentality. Doubt me, and I'll prove you wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's really cool to see. And then last thing, my final thought is something to look forward to is OU Athletics joining with Jumpman. Their new sponsorship with Jordan. I saw all the kicks, all 30-whatever Jordan brand kicks with OU. Those are going to be sick. I'm not really even an OU fan, but I might have to cop, you know. So 
So those were pretty sweet. So that basically does it for today's episode, guys. We would love it if you spread the word, subscribe to the podcast, get it out there. Hopefully we're going to get to where we get to one a week. If we get enough interest, we'll probably jump to two a week. But again, thank you guys for taking the time out of your day and listening to just a dream three buddies have to kind of make something out of a podcast and just have fun doing it. So this is Wyatt signing off. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, like Wyatt was saying, just really, really appreciate the listen um, anywhere it comes from. Uh, I want you guys to know that we're here to work for you and we're trying to get our passion out to you and hope that you can enjoy it and make it your passion maybe one day. Um, we're, here to, we're here to work for you. We're college-age guys looking to serve a college-age group and just get people to listen to what's going on here in Oklahoma. So thanks for listening. This is Wes and Son Off. Like we said, Oklahoma sports, we're dedicated to it. We know a lot of fans here are dedicated to it. We're diehard. We love this city. We love this state. And we're just going to bring the news to you, bring out how we feel about it in a college perspective. Thank you for signing off, Matt.